Hello everyone, my name is Elise Richman and today we're here with Natalie Jones who will be discussing why Black History Month is important to her. Hi Natalie, let's start with you introducing yourself. Hi, my name is Natalie Jones. I am currently a sophomore at CSUB and I plan on majoring in sociology with a minor in criminal justice. Um, some things I enjoy doing are hiking, just being outside in general, especially the beach. Um, I also enjoy painting and reading. I'm a big nerd in that way. And I also enjoy activism, primarily in the fields of feminism and Black Lives Matter. Um, so we can start with anything. Uh, so we'll just start with the first question. Why is it important to you to celebrate Black History Month? And what does celebrating mean to you or look like to you? Why is it important, right? To you. Okay. Why do you think it's important to other people, to yourself, to your family, whatever? I do think it's important, but I feel I almost would describe it as vital just because I feel like a lot of people forget how intertwined African-Americans experience have been with, you know, the United States. Like, I, for, I feel like people forget, like, we've been here the whole time, you know, and like, it's important to stand back and like, remember that. And so in Black History Month, like to me, I know, like coming from a biracial family, my mom almost kind of overcompensates because she's white, but she usually exclusively buys from black owned businesses, restaurants, you know, anything that she can get her hands on to contribute to the black community, which I think is really cool. And it should be done more, you know, and not just, you know, like black shops and stuff, but like all minority shops and all small businesses, because I mean, they're all equally as important, but yeah, that's Black History Month to me. It just means, you know, remembering that we are all in this together, that we've been here, we've done it, we've done our time, like we deserve it. You know, even though it is the shortest month, I'll take what I can get. So rigged. That's just so rigged. It is so, oh God, whenever I think of that, I'm just like, you would be like, okay, we'll give you a month. Here's the shortest month of the year, every Absolutely. single year, except for every four years, you have an extra day. So that's a good point. That's a good sign. Um, anyways. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think what you said about the, um, the shopping small businesses is so important. And like, I remember at the start of like lockdown when on YouTube they would play the one ad about um like a local owned restaurant and talking about like supporting local owned restaurants that are struggling right now but not mm-hmm. being able to do like dine-in service and obviously this is nothing to compare to Black History Month but to take like into account with COVID and stuff and compare this no yeah I think it's yeah you know for people who don't always know like what's available and you know all these companies you know started by all these amazing people and they just don't have the outreach yeah i think that's a really cool thing about black history month in specific because you 
there's so much advertising from everyone about, you know, small shops and restaurants and stuff like in your local area that you had no idea were there. And then you go to it, you buy stuff, you try it out and you're like, this is amazing. How did I not know this was here? You know, like it's just, you're just giving back to that community in those subtle ways of just people just reminding you, like there's this place in Albuquerque called Nexus Brewery and it's a black owned business. Um, and my family loves it there like so much to where like my dad invests in Nexus, like to help them get back on their feet through, you know, the pandemic. That's so nice. It's so good. They sell like the best fried chicken (laughs) in Albuquerque. Like it's amazing. The owners are amazing. They employ, um, recently released, um, a woman from prison. Um, and a lot of immigrants, which is really cool. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that place? Nexus Brewery. Nexus Brewery. Well, anyone who's in Albuquerque has to check it out because it has the stamp of approval. For so <laughs> you <laughs> you want to talk about like a company or something black owned or? A, like something black owned that's been really cool like personally for me to like see grow is um uh dove came out with a new product like a new line of products for curly haired gals and it's actually it was actually created by my cousin she was yes she's like my second cousin like my dad's cousin but like the head of uh what's it like the creative aspect like you know she was the one who set it forth to Dove and they're amazing products and they're like, they're like drugstore. Mm-hmm. And do you want to say anything else? Do you want to go to the next question? How do you feel? Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else I would like to say. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say the only other thing that I was really thinking is that I feel like a lot of people take black history month for granted. It's kind of like, um, like those holidays that you're just kind of like, uh, like President's Day or like, you know, something like that where you're like, okay, cool, it's President's Day. Which is so funny to me because I'm like, these are the holidays that like started because of important historical events that everyone just like looks over. Yeah. Like literally like, like MLK Day, like literally, literally. literally made after very important historical events, people are like, Mm, it's not fun it's like, <laughs> make it fun so the next question i had for you was how have the recent events of the rise in the black lives matter movement affected you i feel like that one is definitely a subject that's like real close to my heart yeah and um i think for a long time um you know when the big pandemic had just hit everything was locked down and like everyone was finally paying attention to this um And there was a bunch of riots in Albuquerque about it. And I couldn't, I couldn't go. Like I, I could barely talk about it just because I feel like, like I love the people who are supporting me and others by attending these riots, but you know, it's hard for me. I don't know. It's hard for me to talk about that kind of stuff. I've always been like that though. Like if we had a topic in high school about slavery or Jim Crow laws, like I've, that's always something that's super touchy with me just because it's 
directly affected my family. You know, like I, for the MLK day, um, CSUB asked for like a quote from me and I had told them that my grandmothers and her sisters lived in Selma um, during Bloody Sunday. I saw that quote of you on the Instagram, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Shot of me. I was like, where did you get this? (laughs) Like freshman year of high school. I was like, (laughs) I was like, that's creepy. Oh, they went way back. (laughs) (laughs) They searched Natalie Jones. (laughs) (laughs) They searched Natalie Jones era 2012. (laughs) Okay. Continue. So when I, it's hard for me to talk about it just because I've grown up, you know, with my grandmama and my grand uh, daddy just telling me all these stories about them growing up, you know, and their struggles. They were um, second generation to go to college and which was, which is insane to me still. It blows my mind. In Montgomery, Alabama in the 60s, you're second generation. Like that's, that's insane. You know, they would just tell me about their struggles and I feel like it's happening again. And I feel terrible that like, we've like allowed it to happen again. I'm like my grandmother and my grandfather, they have, and you know, my great aunties, uncles, they've suffered quite enough, you know, like maybe it's not in the same way, like blatant racism and blatant violence, but like, it's almost like worse. Like it's like almost taking like the, the lesser of two evils, like, would you rather, like, be called a bad name to your face, or would you rather, like, 10 people call you that name, and you have no idea, and that's how I feel like it is now, you know, it's just, like, small stabs with, like, systemic racism, and just, you know, the workplace, and, I mean, between the police and the communities, like, all little things that broke the dam, you know, and people were just, like, you know, screw you, we're not going to take this anymore. And I don't know, it's, it's just a weird paradox because I hear it from both sides. Like I have friends who are super conservative who are like, have the audacity to compare the Capitol riots to the, to the BLM riots and (laughs) say that they're the same. Honestly, and I'm just going to like preface this right now, like, where my place is in all of this. And I don't want to say something that sounds out of my place, you know? Yeah. Like I want to, I uh, try, well, I feel like I should try so hard to be like cautious of what I say. Cause I don't want to be like part of the problem. You know? Yeah. It's like that whole, um, what was that debate? It was like, uh, white people who say colored instead of, you know, like, ethnic or like just black it does like you know you don't think it seems like a big deal and to some hardcore conservatives it isn't it's you know it's the same thing but I'm like it sounds terrible but when was the last time people used that word when it was derogatory when it had a negative connotation exactly I'm like when it was separated colored bathrooms exactly no colors here right exactly and I'm it's it just blows my mind that like I understand what you mean like it's those subtle things like you can recognize that it's bad which is like really great and that means you really are a true ally but there are some people that 
don't understand why and don't care to understand why it's bad. And that's like where like a big problem is with like, like you were saying, people who are trying to be allies. It's like, okay, if you want to be an ally, you got to be all the way. You can't just be like, you know, crisscrossing both ways. Right, right, right. I'm like, congratulations. You didn't call me the N word to my face, but you need to be. (laughs) (laughs) Applause. You didn't call me an offensive word. Good for you. (laughs) I know, literally. I'm like, good job. I've gotten into so many arguments about these two different movements Mm -hmm. and no matter how many times in different ways I try to phrase it like Black Lives Matter is for a human right those capital riots were due to something completely political you know there's a difference there's a very distinct difference and of course BLM which is focused on a social problem that's more sensitive than political they're going to be more sensitive and outward about it you know every time I try to explain that it's never it never goes through it's still but look at this but look at you know but you know it's like it's insane to me that people can't see that like you really are gonna compare a centuries-old fight to a one-year-long you know, disruption in who's going to be the president. Like, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think of the diversity and inclusion efforts at CSU? Well, since I'm a transfer, and this is my first year at CSUB, and we're all online, I can't say I've had a great, you know, view or look at the inclusion, but Based on what I have seen, you know, between the athletic director sending out that email about, um, oh gosh, what did he send it out about? I think it was just about Black Lives Matter in general and just supporting your fellow students and your peers and your athletes. Um, I mean, I thought that was really cool. From the people that I've met on campus, I've seen a wide range of people from different ethnicities and backgrounds and sexualities. And I mean, it could be, I'm guessing it's better because it's, well, A, California, you know, and CSUB is a smaller school. But I do think it's pretty cool because Kern County is not the bluest county in California. So it's still cool to see gay basketball players or, you know, whoever, yeah. Just being open and free about it and not having to worry about backlash and the school supporting them. So for someone who is a minority, it makes me feel more comfortable. You know, here, I don't, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about angry patrons of Bakersfield or, you know, students at CSUB who don't like me, you know, like I yeah. just don't have, never crosses my mind. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's so cool. That's like something I would not even think about. Yeah. A lot of good promos about Black History Month. Like now that I think about it, like the Instagram um, and their stories, they've come out with like a lot of stuff highlighting certain athletes and stuff. And it's been pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So we have two questions left. One is, is there anything you would like to say to listeners about being a young Black woman? like now in this day and age, or the last question is, 
is there just any advice that you would like to leave with the audience? Just any anything you would like to say? Okay. Um, uh, to answer that first question, yeah. I guess, my, or I guess like the second one too, but you know, my main advice to other young black women um, is to ground yourself because I feel like there's a lot of, you know, events and things happening right now that can easily overwhelm us. And that's what happened to me, you know, when the lockdown happened and all the riots started, you know, I, I got so overwhelmed. I shut down, you know, I couldn't even look at it without crying. And it was, it was too much for me to see, you know, and I was too afraid to look at it. And so that would be my uh, piece of advice, so to speak, you know, remember that you're strong and you can do it and you can stand up for yourself. There is going to be people that are opposed to you, no matter what you do, no matter who you are. And you just have to remember you're a badass bitch. I just thought of something and it's kind of a sidetrack. So I don't know where you're going to put it in the podcast, but um, anyway, it's kind of, it, you know, relating to Black History Month. Um, mm-hmm. I have two younger sisters um, and I was talking to my second sister who's 16 in high school. She's a junior and she was telling me about how she had been emailing um, the director of of athletics and I was like oh like why are you emailing him and she was like well initially he had sent out an email um addressing uh you know if we're gonna go back to school on hybrid and about sports and he had said something really really weird um I'm trying I'll paraphrase it the best I can but she was it was like of those students who live in lower socioeconomic places and then it was like parentheses, primarily black kids. And it was like, and for those who live in higher socioeconomic places, then comma, primarily white people. Uh-huh. And it was very strange because my sister was like, in the context of what the email said, she was like, it made no sense for him to add that. specifications. Yeah. yeah. What? And it actually made my mom really, really upset because she like this is a direct quote from her she she grew up as white trash in a very small town in Tennessee you know they lived in a two-bedroom house with five people like she was like I was dirt poor as a kid and she was like we exist you know like proportionally there are more white people in poverty than there are blacks or Asians or Hispanics combined of course, that is due to population differences and there, there being more white people in America in general. Mm-hmm. But my mom was just upset because she was like, you don't need to specify an ethnicity because all ethnicities fall into one category or another. Well, yeah. And like that is based off what? Your assumption. Yeah. Or, I'm stere- like- or a stereotype. Yeah. I'm like, you're assuming. I'm like, the population of Blacks is extremely low. So I'm like, actually, there are more Hispanics in poverty here than there are Blacks. Right. So it was very strange that he chose to specify Black people are poor, white people are not. It was, it was very strange. And my sister had, like, um, had emailed him, you know, stating that. She was like, I'm a young biracial woman. And she was like, and I'm not comfortable with, like, why you said that. Like, why was that necessary? And apparently he didn't respond that part of her email but I don't know I just thought it was weird 
in the sense of like what you were talking about, how you get afraid of what you like might say and you don't want it to come offensive, you know, it was like, it's instances like that where I'm like, oh, but I would never say something like that. I, like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, that was completely unneeded, super far right. Like, like just, it was out of the ballpark. Like you did not need to say that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. For, and like, he had no idea probably that what he said was offensive. Yeah. Even when my sister emailed him. Right. You know, he's just going off of general, you know, ecological fallacies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my story. That was it. Oh, that was great. Thank you so much for being here. And if you want to hear more from us, we put out new episodes every week. Or you can check us out on our social media at the runner underscore CSUB on Instagram or our website, therunneronline.com. And as always, take care of yourselves, stay healthy, stay safe, and go runners. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know how much you contributed, but I hope you liked it. Um, I loved all of it. I think it's going to be fantastic.